just yeah and and sometimes that even happened on post like this was on one of the days that i wasn't working i was in my civilians i had my hair out all natural and I had this woman staring at me, like she thought I was like a military spouse, which it happens. But the way she was looking at me, she just thought like, oh, I'm probably just with my husband for the benefits, just, just giving me a really dirty look. And I just felt so uncomfortable because it was like, I am a service member. I'm just not in uniform. And but when I would be in uniform, nobody would stare at me. I would, you know, be in uniform, hair tied in a bun. I would feel, I would get respected. But then the moment it comes off, I have people staring at me like, like I did something wrong. And hair was such an issue in the military. Like, Man. hair is such a, like, mainly to black people, it, it is an issue. Like, I remember this one girl who was in my platoon she was a sweetheart and and like people within our own platoon was making fun of her saying oh you have nappy hair like you just look uncivilized like just making fun of her and it was like she never bothered anybody and they would just say like you need a relaxer and you know tame that stuff and it, it was so sad to that people were saying that but no even if she were EO, EO would just be like, well, then just do your hair correctly. And then maybe they would make comments like that. Hey, so the other thing with black people is like, it, it's very, so women is like, it, it seems as if a lot of things they try to do with their hair, it just won't fly. It's like, yeah. no, they, they won't fly whatever whatsoever. Because I've seen it with some of my, of my black female friends in the army. And then for the black men, we try to when we try to get when we try to get certain hairstyles. All right, back when like in 2016, when the whole sponge thing was on, was getting big. <laughs> I still, at, being a mixed child, I never understood that phase. But continue. <laughs> continue. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but in 2016, like when uh, sponge phase, with people that's like, for the that's for the four C. That's for the four C. Oh, I'm editing that out, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I almost choked on my water. Oh my god! But um, but yeah, it's like we couldn't get like certain haircuts and do certain hairstyles because it's like, oh, that's fattish. Or like, if you want to get like a little part, or whatever, right here, that's fattish. Like to the black soldiers, but plain old white soldiers had their hair like that all the time. Right. All that that time. always used to bother me. And the thing is, you could you could do like have a fade and have a part and make it look natural, like not not like it's a design, but. Why do you and you you I'm pretty sure you at some point seen it too. But when it's like white guys get that type of hairstyle, whatever they do all these different types of hairstyles because they should it's not bad, it's for them. Yeah. Or or oh, wow, or, we relegated to this this one haircut. Like we gotta look a specific type of way. And not only that, uh like like he's saying about the grooming standards, like um I, I feel like the grooming standards is unrealistic because like yeah. even for the length of your hair was like what, like a fourth of an inch or something crazy like that it was something something wild like that i always um uh half half inch half an inch something like that something crazy to where basically for black men um again we we uh typical typically a lot of a lot of black men in the army like have that you know 4c 3c you know curl pattern um and it was their grooming standards were were discriminatory too because it's like you can have a, a, a white man hair could be five six inches he just slicked that i i've that seen that and <laughs> so tell me why i tried to i tried to do the same thing one time i was growing my hair out a little bit i was like you know let me condition this whatever push it back just a little bit had, you know i had mine looking like that oh it was a, it was a problem i did that by the way mm. i couldn't do of course it. Because it's not, it's not it, didn't, it wasn't professional. That's what I got. I even had somebody threaten to pull the ruler out on me, on my hair. Can I get? Can I bring this up real quick? Because I feel like to this day people don't understand. Like, and Mike, I don't even know if you remember this. We were at um, Lou and Christine's house, and you said something to Colin. You were like, "Oh, you got that good hair," and I immediately like rebuked you like so fast. <laughs> um. 
is because like we've been conditioned to think like like that is the beauty standard you feel me and I especially get all my brothers and sisters I'm like no you got good hair too <laughs> like, you know what I mean um but I looked up so I was just curious I was bored I was like I wonder what a professional haircut is so I googled it it took me at least five swipes till I saw a sister or a brother with a prefer with a professional haircut. I'm like, wow, let's look up unprofessional haircuts. And this is all Google. So when this is released, y'all can do it too, since y'all don't like to believe people like me for some odd reason. Um, it was like flooded with black style haircuts, especially black women haircuts. It was just like, yo. Yeah, like when I say, and, and you know, the sad thing is the girl that was, you know, getting made fun of for her hair, it was another female who was black and Puerto Rican who said that to her. And I looked at her and I was like, girl, you are black as well. Like, I don't see why you're making fun of another sister for her hair. She's like, well, it's because I take care of my hair. I have that good hair. I'm like, no, no, you don't. I guarantee if you didn't relax your hair, for God knows how long, it would look exactly the same as her. She embraces her naturalness. You're trying to be something you're not. Yeah. For me, my standpoint on it is, well, my mother is dark is a dark-skinned woman. My what sister. does that mean? From my standpoint, I was like, my mother is a dark-skinned woman. My sister is a light-skinned woman. No, you said you said she's dark as a dark-skinned woman. I was like, I don't know what that means. Well, oh, I just said, I said my mother is a dark-skinned woman. <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm like, my mother's dark-skinned. My sister's light-skinned. It's like, so, and, like, I seen a whole bunch of shades in my family. Because, you know, black people can come in multiple shades. So, I never thought the whole, I'm pretty sure we all heard at some point, you know, oh, team light skin, like light skins over, like a lot of people prefer light skins over dark skin and treat them as, just because you're automatically light skin, that automatically means you're attractive. Mm -hmm. Or if you're dark skin, especially if you're a woman, you're dark skin, more than less, like off rip, you're unattractive most of the time. You get put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. But me, like I said, growing up, being around a lot of different shades of women, like I never saw the the appeal to prefer one of the one over the other. You know what I'm saying? Yo, this mic is starting to get on my nerves. Um, so this is a question, and I had to have Mike here for this. Hold on, real quick. Can y'all still hear me? I'm editing all this out. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we can still hear you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Um, so one thing, and I'm happy Mike's here for this because I think it's super important. Um, speaking on like you know black women and everything like that. Have you guys seen like? Oh my God! Like you know what? I might need Mike to kind of because every time I talk about, it, I get like pissed off. Um, but there's been a couple of instances in the news where black women are getting brutalized and treated like just literally like garbage. And unfortunately it's without them even realizing they're doing the Klan's work, it's at the hands of black men. Like one woman was assaulted like with a skateboard, like legit like smack with a skateboard. And yeah, it, it was bad. Um, like I, I found out, I found out through Mike tweeted it, and I like looked it up, and I was so mad because I don't think people realize that when stuff like that happens, like we end up, like I said, we're doing the Klan's work. We're enforcing white supremacy when not only do we not uplift our fellow, you know kings and queens but we literally are brutalizing and oppressing like our own like especially our black women like society does that enough like unfortunately in the society 
it's the elitist white men on the top and then it's black women on the bottom. And it's, now mind you, I've never like, I've never like, and I, and I even, I talked about this in the, my other episode, but I found that like, even like with music, you know, we all like all these like rap songs and stuff like that, but I've always felt really weird glorifying and reciting the lyrics to songs that do belittle like you know not only just people in general i've never been big on to encourage myself to belittle somebody else but it's unfortunately a thing in our culture especially in hip-hop where these rappers like they build their careers on the backs of belittling black women and it just it kind of makes me sick that it's even still happening today so then when i saw like like i said i looked up what I saw Mike tweet, I was like, you know what? I like I, I was sick. Like I, mm, I don't know. I don't know, Mike. I mean, you, you. I think what you said in both your IG TVs, I thought you spoke it beautifully and from the heart. You know, if you wanted to touch base on that a little bit, I think it'd be really beneficial, yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, it, like like Jordan was <clears throat> alluding to his. It's heartbreaking, man. Um, it's, 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 it's just, we don't realize as black men how much our black women like do for us. Like how, how, how uh, to what extent that they're willing to go to protect us, especially, we've been seeing that a lot lately in terms of this police brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the 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 links that they're willing to put their own lives like on the line to speak out. Um, Sandra Bland is an example, um, mm-hmm. a black woman that spoke out, murdered. Still, um, we're still seeking justice for her. Breonna Taylor. It's tragic. Like, mm. was murdered in her own home. You understand what I'm saying? And and then to to have uh, the other two to uh, situations that, that Jordan mentioned. One was, was a young lady getting hit by a skateboard. I seen another video of a, of a young black woman being thrown, picked up by other black men, mind oh, you, thrown that. into a dumpster. Like she is <laughs> the Chinese food le- leftovers that need to go out at night, like just tossed into the, to the, to the dumpster. Then I seen another video where a young black man got into an altercation and an argument with a young black woman. And what does he do? He hauls off, cocks his hand back and full on smacks her in the face. And people laugh at her like, like she's some type of spectacle. And when you, when you just think about what length and extent that black women go to protect their black men, Right. And how we turn around and treat them, not just not not just an isolated incidents like that, how yeah. we have, like he said, like how we have made them literally a spectacle, like we how we treat them and talk to them in our music, how mm-hmm. we to the point to where it, it, it seemed acceptable, like the inference is that it's acceptable for white men and other ethnicities to to consider them. That but can I chime in on that real quick? We'd be mad as hell if a white if a white man talked to one of our one of our black 100%. women like that. But then we go we hop on a beat and ripping them to shreds just so we can get go platinum. Period. It's period, and it's 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 unacceptable, man. It's it's unacceptable, and and um, I I I I hate the stigma um and the the prejudice that black women have the attitude. And it's like we've echoed that sentiment for so long to where we we have we haven't taken a look at the trauma that black women um experience. Yeah. And I, I and the only reason why I can sit here and speak this candidly about it is because I've had a black woman, my sisters, my mother, um, but specifically I wanna highlight my sisters who have set me down literally crying in tears um 
telling me their experiences as black women in this country and it's 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 absolutely sick down to down to uh down to the victimization um childhood trauma that they experience telling them that they need to cover up before they get molested before they get raped or or it's just like imagine that like imagine as a male being told hey you better cover up because if you don't cover up yourself you're six years old you better learn to cover up you better learn to cross your legs or you're going to be fast you're going to be a little hole or you're gonna you got somebody's gonna like bro that's traumatizing and when my sisters told me that i didn't i didn't realize because i have a six-year-old daughter and i have i find myself and all of that by the way is that's that's misogyny that's that's because of this misogynistic world that we live in that that is a misogynistic view that we need to protect black women from the the victimization of black men but no we need to teach black men <laughs> not to treat our black women like that and a lot of them feel silenced um and and i'm not going to speak on behalf of all black women one because i'm not a, a woman and, and black women are not monolithic at all black people aren't either but I had to speak out, man. And I was a little reluctant at first. I mentioned this in my post because I'm in an interracial relationship. And I felt like when I made that post that maybe my, I, it would be perceived that my efforts wouldn't, wouldn't be genuine and speaking out. But I said, you know what? I don't care because I made a decision that even if black women um, had a problem with that, the way that I t- take it is that's fine. I'm willing to hear you out and I'm yeah. willing because you've been silenced for so long. I'll take that. I'll take that and I'll still stand up for you. Just like you take what society has given you and you still speak up and still will stand up for me no matter what. So that that's just kind of like my, you know, s- summary on it. I could go on for days, but it's just it's sick, um man. it's like I said, I mean, I didn't like I said, I I found out, I mean, mind you, I've been preaching this um then he'll chime if he could chime in later or whatever. Um, but one of so I mentioned like my first day at the protest in Bel Air, we had a young we had a young lady, a young a young sun kissed sister. She was verbally assaulted by these four white supremacists um, after leaving the protest. And Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. I wanted to chime in on this since you were talking about it, boy. Uh, if you can go ahead real quick, sure. Oh, no, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, uh, just real quick. No, this this uh, situation, it's not... Oh, man, her being verbally accosted is... It's a... It's, it really just exemplifies where Bel Air or where Hartford County and where most of Maryland lies in that there is this closeted sort of racism there and it it does affect the women extremely disproportionately to the men. Um, you have like like y'all have been saying, it it's it, it not only lies within um, the culture of, of being a man in America uh, I mean, obviously, y'all can talk about it from, um, like, the black perspective, but just overall patriarchal, because that's all I can really talk about is, um, it, it, there, it, it does exist. I mean, that's, that's really the most, the, the most I can really say about it at the moment is just because right now, I want to do the best to to help everyone that I can, and and the amount of the amount of stories that y'all are are, are like talking about that. I'm sorry, I just want I wanted to <laughs> a sexy chime in just to say, God, it's it's painful. And, and he's like texting me at the same time. He's like texting me at the same time, like Mike is talking because a lot of this he's. I will say that Ben, could you show your face for my brother Michael? I don't think he's seen you yet. First off, <laughs> yep. What he up? looks like Rob Doty. What's going on? <laughs> nice to meet you, Ben. <laughs> this is y'all, y'all are giving me all all of these new all of these new like a show.
associations that I really appreciate it, honestly. <laughs> ben is the coldest white boy I've met in the state of Maryland. He gets a plate. He gets he gets oh, grandma's God. approval, all that. Um, but... Jordan, can I add one more thing, man? Go ahead, brother. I, I don't want to forget to say this, man. I have to say this. Go ahead, Doug. Uh, I'm going to mute myself now just because I got to take a break as well. But I wanted to chime in just to say thank y'all and, and please continue. Thank you, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, man. Um, I, I just have to also say that that to me, one of the biggest slaps in the face towards that I've that I have noticed is the federalization of black women in amongst other cultures. Talk, talk, that that, that talk. black women have become. They're the most commercialized. They're the most commercialized like body standard bro in any culture i was literally it's your home girl i just had her on here and ben remembers she just said this two nights ago i was like thank you so when people say like black women are beautiful i'm like bro you literally like pick their body parts and make xbox avatars out of them shut up like but go ahead i'm sorry i got fired <laughs> i'm sorry i had to say that yeah, I had to, I had, to, I had to mention that, man, because it, it's, it's just sick, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sick. They're the most, they're the most emulated when it comes to, uh, when it comes to, um, when it comes to this, the industry of selling, selling sex. You know, mm -hmm. it's, and it's like we, they, they throw away. Uh, it's kind of like they, they try their best to make their best attempts at uh, copying. A, you know the black aesthetic, uh, yeah, not only with right. our culture but our women too, and then it's like, but but we don't want you though, like you, nah, we don't want you. But we love the culture, but they hate if, the people. If they can find somebody that has all the things they like about black culture, and it comes in a white package, oh, so they take that up. in the heart. Look at Iggy. Look at the Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's. I mean, we don't have to say no more. So you know, it was just important for me, man, to uh, to, to to lend my voice, and um, you know, I uh, I hope more black men speak up, speak out, uh, speak up in support of black women, and speak yeah, out man, and hold each other. They're dying for us too. They're dying for us too. I mean, I don't know if anybody heard about this. Uh, I think she was nineteen. This girl, one of these activists that's been hitting the streets, she just went up. She went missing for like what, like like a week or so, and then she just turned up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, turns out who killed her was a black man. Yeah. And he yeah. out here, and she out here going hard for us. And I the mean, last tweet she put out was fearing for her life, and she gave the description she of still, it. But she was still giving, giving white supremacists the business. And the fact that happened, man, it's just... Disgusting, man. And that's, and that's why, that's why my, 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 my video was a specific call to black men. Like, we, we cannot let that happen, period. It's unacceptable because... The, no other ethnicity is, is going to protect black women. We have to do it. You know what I mean? We have to speak up. We have to lend our voices. We have to lend our platforms. We have to hold each other accountable. For when real. We're in conversation with each other and we're speaking out, you know, we're speaking uh, so casually, uh, whether it's colorism within the black community and uh, conversation amongst males or, you know, body type. Uh, you know, uh, preferences and stuff like that. We got to stop that, man. We got to cut that out and we got to correct, um, you know, hold our, hold our male friends accountable and say, Hey man, don't, don't talk about her like that. She's not an object. She's not to be objectified. She's a black woman. And, and, and she is not seen as equal for twice, twice over as black, as black men, we at least have, the 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 fact going for us that we are men and we live in a patriarchal like Ben said society so we have that one thing and we still really don't have that right let's just be honest but mm -hmm. black women they're black and they're women <laughs> like so it's like it's it's like it's double oppression <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you understand what I'm saying 
And so it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like super passionate about that, especially at, like I said, after my sister sat me down and just was crying, like y'all don't understand, you really don't understand what we go to go through. And I would say first that we need to do that I would suggest a practical step for a black man to do is just listen. Yes. Just listen. Just listen, because we have been, again, conditioned and picked up learned behaviors inherently in this patriarchal society, and we do not know how to listen properly. And, and it, it, it bruises the ego. It does. It bruises your ego. It challenges you, and it doesn't feel good. But you have to just listen. You have to just be, be willing to listen and learn. That's it. It's simple. It's the same thing that we're asking. Um, it's the same thing that we're asking white America to do. Listen to us. <laughs> listen to us. Validate us. Y'all are, y'all are late to the party. Welcome to the party. But y'all are late because you, you chose not to listen. Period. <laughs> like, if you would have listened, you would have understood, like, that this has been going on going on over what slavery was over 390 some days for um, years 400 almost 400 years and we've been not 400, no, 400 now brother it's um i think what is i want to say four uh i want to say 1619 it's 2020 now baby that's 400 years 400 plus you know four 400 going on 400 plus years bro so it's like people don't know how to active act you know listen actively man and and and, and that's a whole nother conversation in itself but yeah man Let's uh, let's let's speak out against against the injustices. Let's not just focus on our black men who are getting gunned down. Yeah, for real. Let's I um, also highlight these black women too. Yeah, man. Like, and I and Ben was here for this, so it was a powerful moment. I I would love to get her this um young lady and her mother on here because they were both verbally assaulted by these four KK cowards uh in Bel Air, Maryland. Um, so. We were, I, do, I wasn't here for this when I say I wasn't here for this. I think it either happened before I left or after I left. But um, so this girl and her mother were leaving a protest in Bel Air. And there was these four boys sitting, on, I think, like on level four of the parking garage. And they were like, they were saying something stupid. They're like, is your little protest over? And then, you know, this um, young lady looked at her mother like, yeah. And then they were like, well, good, because, you know, that N-word couldn't even breathe anyway, so there's no reason to have a protest. And I was just like, and then they felt compelled to call her and her mother the N-word with the hard R. And let me just say, I heard through the grapevine, and her mom got some of it on video. No, I'm not going to incorporate it into this podcast because it is very colorful, and my nephews are going to watch this at one point. So even all that have cussed in this podcast episode, I have to go and clean that up. But she, when I say like her ancestors were screaming through her, and she was giving these vanilla ISIS members the business, yo. And her mom was like, go ahead. Like, she literally was like, you give it to him. Because you know what? You're sick You're sick of this. And she was screaming that. You feel me? I shouldn't have to be fighting for my life out here while y'all are sitting up there with your effing privilege, da-da-da-da. But mind you, I wasn't there for that. Um, the heartbreaking thing was with this was there were other people within the protest. And when I say that, it's because and you and me were talking about this yesterday, Mike, you know, our has, our aesthetic is not a hashtag. It's not a trending topic. Like, this is a war, you feel me? Um, there were some white protesters, the same people that she saw were screaming, I can't breathe, Black Lives Matter. They walked by as this was happening and did nothing. There was a good number of them that were doing nothing. And there was only two of them that, within, that were within our chapter that did something. And... That, cause that that made her hurt a lot worse because for her, she was like, this isn't a photo op for me. You feel me? Like, that's why I told you, Mike, you know, I told you off camera. And I, t- I told everybody, every brother and sister I've talked to, they're like, man, I feel like I could do more. I'm like, this, when I say this is your fight, but you didn't start this war, 
you know, I'm gonna put the it's gonna be on me for the viewers. Um, you know, you guys did not start this war. You guys don't need you don't need to yell the loudest, write the most signs, post the most articulate and colorful and capitulate these beautiful speeches. Your pro y'all protest is literally in breathing at this point. So for her, when she said this, and I completely agree because I keep that same energy, and though I don't have to worry about that with like my brother Ben right here, but she was like, y'all not gonna, y'all not gonna, this isn't, no, this is not for likes. This is not, this is not an Instagram post. This isn't a Kodak moment. This is my life out here. You know what I mean? She was fucked. But here's the thing, though. So I, I brought my speaker. Ben wasn't there for that, but I brought my speaker. I had a microphone. I needed baby girl to let her hurt be heard. Because not only did it hold, like, it hold white supremacy of, accountable, but the people that want to hold a, use these hashtags and use these black cards for Blackout Tuesday, this is not no. None of us are out here for no pictures. None of us are out here to be seen. We're out here to be heard. Don't get it twisted. Um, so when I saw her again at the Friday protest, when we got baptized, uh, the whole Ben man, we we got rained out in Bel Air. Oh my goodness! When I say rained out, like I I said I told Mike yesterday, um, like when I thought there was gonna be two of every animal walking like up the road, I wasn't kidding. It was awful. Was like, <laughs> oh no, yeah. It, we were drenched, bro. We were drenched. It was awful. Um, I, you know, I being one of the leaders have seen the budget. I don't know why nobody bought ponchos, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> but I saw, but the, the reason why I was so happy about this day and sad about this day, because we went from a thousand people on Thursday to like maybe what, 30, 35, Ben? would you say about 30 35 people that came on mm. that friday when it rained so it kind of let me know who's out there for yeah. and who's who's in the trenches you feel me i saw baby mm. girl all three of those days whether it was 200 mm -hmm. whether it was a thousand whether it was 35 you feel me and i pulled before mm. we ended before we ended our protest on friday i had to say something to her I said, hold on, guys. No, 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 no. This is a huge injustice. This is way too coordinated. I looked her in the eye and I said, you know, I kept repeating it. And Ben remember this. I kept saying, like, black woman, you made it today. Black woman, you made it today. I've been saying that to, like, every every, every one of my, my queens. I'm like, black woman, you made it today. Because what she went through, people have killed themselves over moments like that. I have people in my family that have killed themselves over moments like that. So I would let her know, like, look. You really could have checked out. You could have retired your jersey. When I say retired your jersey, you could have just stayed at home after that moment. You out here, whether it's 200, whether it's 1,000, whether it's 35 and it's pouring rain. Black woman, you made it today. And I gave her one of my um, HGA um, necklaces. One of them says, it was one of my favorite ones, but that's not the point. Uh, one of my HGA, um, that's um, His Glory Alone by KB. Shout out to KB. But... Uh, the necklace said continue because for me I was like yo you don't even I said these I said I looked at her and you do know that Satan doesn't even know he effed up with you right like I looked her in the eye and I told her that because for me she was like I think like 16 or 17 I'm like yo yeah she's young, she's young. yeah yeah so I let her know I'm like yo you gonna you gonna burn this count you gonna burn this county down this state down like I see it. I looked her right in the eye and I was like, and then I also let her know I was like something like that happened again. Call me. I love confrontation. Please. Anybody knows me, I keep a sword in my trunk. That's besides the point. Um, <laughs> but um, I was I was so touched for that, even though it was awful that it happened. But I now after this, the black men in our our chapter did not like me that much. I said, black men out here, stop lip glorifying and listening to these rap songs that belittle our black women. And everybody was like, I'm like, yeah, let's turn the heat up on y'all for a second. You feel me? 
Because, you know, we love these songs. Our people make these songs. Why are we celebrating these songs? Why are we disrespecting these people? Just because hip-hop told you to? Well, guess what? That's white supremacy. It just got a beat to it. So, it was, I mean, my, that's why, like, when I saw your video, I was like, bro, I was there two weeks ago. Trust me. Like, mm. just, I know one thing, though, when I say, like, Satan messed up with that one, like, I, I check in on her every once in a while, like, yo, they don't even, Ben knows, he, he's seen it. They don't even know that, that Satan jacked up with that one, for real. I, I can't wait. I'm. I'm actually, I get goosebumps when I talk about it. I'm like, yo, she about to literally set this county on fire. Like, I'm excited. Wow. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Shout out to her, man. Yeah, for real. If I might, like I said, I'm, I wish I could get her on. I wish I could get her on here. I can, I'll probably reach out to her mom because I need her to get her story heard because, like I said, like one, it goes back to like what you were saying, like, you know, on your IG, what I was saying, you know, off camera a couple weeks ago, but like, yo, we need to amplify our sister's voices. You feel me? Like, we need to support them. We need to be willing to go. And you know what? We got to be willing to go harder than them to protecting them than they are, go they are to protecting us and fighting for us because they get so spat on and disrespected, man. It's just not it's not right, yo. Like when I like that's why when I saw your video, I was like, "You're exactly right." Because this little girl got called the N word with a hard R, and she's walking in this rain, and ain't nothing dry on her. And I know because they was nothing dry on me, but she was out there, so it's just. But it gotta start with us, because nobody wins when the family feuds. Disgusting, man. For real, Jay Z said it All best. Right. Nobody wins when the family feuds. If we ain't gonna do it, how are we gonna ask that of the higher ups? You feel me? Right. Thanks. First off, the married couple looks kind of tired. Y'all yawning, making me yawn. Oh, no, no, you're I'm just listening, tired, and it's <laughs> just like, what is what is the it's world? Like, man, this this conversation, you know, ain't, ain't been a pleasant one to have. No. Like, but it needs to be said because I just feel like people are so content with just ignoring stuff and then when it's finally brought to light, it, it makes them uncomfortable, but it's mm -hmm. like that's the truth. It's not supposed to comfort you. Mm -hmm. it's supposed it to reminds me, you know. the way y'all said that, um, it kind of reminds me what J. Cole said on his Angie Martinez interview and I had to take a snippet out and put it on my IG. He was like, Everybody wants to talk about mental health all of a sudden. <clears throat> He's like, well, man, you know, nobody wants to talk about mental health in the black community. It's a stigma. It's not a cool topic. You wait until somebody has a breakdown. And, and, um, hey, Ben, can you, like, stop clog dancing for a second? <laughs> um, but uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hit, the, I hit the unmute too fast. My bad. <laughs> but, um. But J. Cole, he was saying, like, you know, he doesn't want to talk about mental health when somebody has a mental breakdown. You feel me? He referred that back to Kanye. Mm. How everybody knew Kanye was, like, was kind of, he was kind of tripping before he started. He had his breakdown where he had to, like, be taken off stage, taken to the hospital. Mm -hmm. It, like, you know, the, one of the things that, and it made me think of that, Mel, as you said that, because it's just, like, why do we want to wait until it's bad? Like, oh, there's a fire. Like, yeah, th we knew there was a fire when it was in the basement. Now it's in the attic. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know, man. As people in general, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that it's any community. I just don't understand why we let it get to that point. I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. You can you had the choice to prevent it, but you just wanted to see what would be the aftermath of it. And then you're shocked when the aftermath happens. And then you say, what could we have done differently? Or I wish I knew, I'm like, you mm. didn't. You just, you just didn't take it seriously. Mm. That, that, that is something that is, uh... It, that's really important to me like 
I've been in the hospital. I've been in therapy since I was like 16 or 17 years old. Like the fact that uh, taking care of your mental health in America uh, for, for anyone, and I can't imagine how difficult it is. Like I, again, I can only listen. I can only learn, but I can only imagine how difficult it is for, for black communities to try and get the level of, of, uh, help, uh, mentally and, and physically in any sense, um, for, for something that is coming into, uh, the public view as something that affects everyone. Uh, me mental health issues aren't specific. They don't discriminate. And pretty much everyone, especially in this age of interconnectivity, uh, um, there's a, a, a growing propensity to be exposed to traumatic events, to uh, 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 various uh, triggers for any number of mental health issues. And the, I mean, coming back to the, briefly the uh, patriarchal state we live in, uh, the pressures on women to look a certain way, to fit a certain standard, to, to appease it. some sort of uh, to appease some sort of standard that is set by the white 60 to 80 year old men in charge of the companies that put them on the covers of their magazines that they then sell to the, the middle class American who then judges the poorest class American for not having any sort of resemblance to what they deem is valuable. Mm. So when you have such high standards for what is a successful person, not even just a successful uh, uh, um, I guess employee because that's what people seem to value nowadays is not not just the person as they are, but they only value the amount of work that you are honestly they don't even look at what you're capable of doing they look at you and see what their first conception of you would do in their minds with the minimum amount of confidence they have in your ability to do the job mm. so what what value do we place on human lives very little unless you have the money to pay for the ability to become a functioning member of society. It's, it's a cheap ass system. Pardon me. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is a cheap butt system. <laughs> Keeping it clean for your nephews and nieces. Um, but uh, it's, um, bro, it is a, is a system that obviously is skewed towards the white man that is in charge and it is in no way accommodating to anyone who is suffering with the problems that every single person, whether they admit it or not, struggles with in their everyday lives. Yeah, it was, um, it's something that we talked about. I don't know if you caught this part of the conversation the other day, Ben. Um, and me and Mike kind of talked about this a couple of times just because we're super, I, he's super passionate about it, me, myself. Like, I knew I was depressed at five, but then, like, I was trying to talk about it, like, with my folks. I'm like, I'm sad. I feel like I need to talk to somebody. And then, like, I would talk to my parents. Oh, maybe you might need therapy. And if I talk to, like, my cousins, I'm like, hey, I'm going to therapy. They're like, Therapy, nigga, you crazy or something? What you need therapy for? And I'm like, and it, was just, mm -hmm. it was always like, I don't know what it was. Like, and Mike might have an answer for me because he's older than me. I'm not going to say about how much, but um, <laughs> but I don't know what it is where it's just like when it comes to mental health in the black community where it's so, 
it's it's like a phobia. You feel me? You know, I guess I know we call it a stigma, but it's almost like it's a phobia. Um, I know for yeah. me, I did some I did some research. How I think it's like four percent of counselors and psychiatrists are therapists. But Mike, like, what what is it? Do you have any other? Do you have a different answer for me by chance? Yeah, actually, I I, I can shed a little bit of light of what I've learned. Um, so far, because that's that's the as me and you have discussed, Jordan. That's the field that I'm um, um, going into, entering into now. Uh, post that's what you were for, but it's okay. <laughs> that's the reason I'm in Jacksonville. <laughs> um, <laughs> to, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be uh, pursuing my 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 grad um, grad program in mental health um, community um, for to to help my community. Um, mm -hmm. black and brown because we are severely underrepresented uh, in mm -hmm. the field like the numbers are staggering like it, it, it's terrible um, and I think that that is one of the reasons why black people don't feel comfortable going to uh, seek professional help to take care of their mental mental health because to put it plain and simple I don't want to sit across from a, a 50 year old male white male at that that uh and tell you about my blackness because i know on some sort of uh level you know cultural competence is required and there's only so much that you could have learned about that in books to where you can fully understand and be able to uh uh not diagnose me but just be able to understand my experience um, and no amount of school will be able to to, to make up that part right there. Say but, that one more um, time. No, no, no. Say, that no, no, no. say that one more time. Say that one more time. No amount of books. Say that one more time, please. That was church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no amount like, of knowledge or education. <laughs> yeah. Come no on, amount brother. of. Uh, no amount of education and knowledge or, or books or whatever you study can can make up for that period it's just, that is a that is a vital piece which this all back into what we're talking what we've been talking about we cannot be uncomfortable to have those conversations because it's needed cultural competence is always great i love it cool you know i need to be aware but that could never be paced uh sitting across from a person that you can 100% relate to um, based off your ethnicity. It's, it's, it's just not. Um, uh, but going back to what you were saying, Jordan, about shedding a little bit of light. So what I've, what I've researched, and it's, it's, it's pretty dark, but historically- um, Let's get dark, come on. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of dark. <laughs> but uh, historically, uh, what has what has happened in um, in in within the black community in terms of how, uh, you know when it when it first began to kind of um, you know come in, come into play in, in society um, we're talking you know early back I don't I don't want to give a specific the, the, the specific dates are kind of escaping me right now but what would happen is is that uh, black women, women, because if you look at the, uh, if you also look look at the statistics, black women are more likely to go seek help uh, professionally for their mental health than a black man will, male, male would. Um, so what would happen is, is that the black woman would go to to therapy, and you know there's supposed to be a patient confidentiality uh, clause that that you know gives their patient you know uh that that uh that that peace of mind that hey this is a safe space and unless HIPAA. you were yeah HIPAA exactly and unless you are uh for those of you who don't know what HIPAA is I, I encourage you to go and do your research and look that up but basically it is just a legal documentation um uh a legal measure that is put in place to ensure your peace of mind, hey, unless you tell me something that will A, harm yourself or harm others, um, what what is spoken about here stays here, basically, right? So what would happen, and this is dark, but what would happen is the Black woman would go and talk to, um, you know, the white, white American uh, psychologist, and the psychologist would ask them would probe them with questions that that were based off 
prejudices um to to the extent of 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 uh, uh of baiting them um into fitting this narrative of the black woman not properly caring for their their child for the children um um abandoning their children uh they would kind of like pro- again prompt them into a direction to where the black woman would come in and vent because the black woman was not exposed to the the information of hey be careful what you say even though again this is supposed to be a safe space so what you said jordan was correct a phobia was developed because what would happen is is that they would call cps child protective child protective service excuse me on that black woman because again what what did i mention that were what would break the clause if you were going to bring harm to anybody else Mm. and they would somehow spin that um they would somehow spin that into uh hey this 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 woman uh her children are in danger and so that is one of the reasons that have been historically kind of passed down traditionally generationally in the black community that aided to that phobia of hey we don't go and tell tell them what our business is we handle it in here not to mention black person is more likely to be diagnosed with uh uh with a you know mental disorder a lot quicker than you know any other ethnicity so that's just one of the reasons i'm sure there's other tons of other ones i got i got something to chime in i looked this up <clears throat> do you know that you mike you're in this corner me and Joshua are more likely to get pink eye than Ben and Melanie are. Interesting. Um, so scientifically, um, men are more than likely to get pink eye than women are. Because we're told as boys growing up, you can't cry. That's being sensitive. Mm-hmm. I was okay. wondering when you was going mm-hmm. to like, so, awesome. <laughs> so your so your tears have mm. salt in them and they cleanse and flush out your eyes now mind you mm. mind you men right. are told not to cry black right. men we get taught not to even show emotion sometimes because the world's gonna make us cry more than they're gonna make our white counterparts cry and that becomes cultured growing up growing up i can't cry because my dad's gonna say i'm being sensitive and that's disapproving the the chief of the house or the the head of the household i can't cry when i'm in school because the kids are gonna call me a a p word that i can't pronounce i can't say because i have my nephew's gonna watch this one day you feel me um i can't cry when like there's a, and then like you know with the oh, i'm not trying to get too deep in this but like you know the stigma that the black community has with homophobia can't cry because they're going to accuse me of being being toxic toxic masculine yeah you feel me like there's just it's just all the and then once again this world is trying to make us cry Hmm. no offense ben you're not going to get to talk about don't wear a hoodie in a 7-eleven before you learn about the birds and the bees than i like i'm just i'm that's just that's just one of the things that comes with your privilege so Yep. Nope. You're right. Studies studies have proven that um, black men are way more likely to get pink eye. But poor Josh, he's over there like, uh, but I don't know. What you were mentioning about you more likely to get that talk before uh, getting to talk about birds and the bees. And I was like, man, black people hardly talk about that. Yes. <laughs> Man, we, we as black people, we don't actually like sit down and explain sex to our kids and like teach them and really educate them. We just put it as like this big secret and this taboo thing. And if, honestly, that's even worse because you know, kids and teenagers, all right, once you tell us if you can't do something, you make something taboo, like we don't know You're about it. You're gonna wanna do it more. Yeah, it's like, we gonna go out of our way to let's, do it let's more. Let's redirect now. this conversation real quick, please. But I get what you guys are trying to say. <laughs> I, okay, I'll, 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 can I can, oh god, can I jump in on that to to redirect it to like the education system in that sense? Because like I got something to say on that because that's trash in, in in and of itself. All right, if you got something for me, 
I so like I guess in a in a way to spin it into an educational like point to to your point to keep it away from I don't know yeah um, <laughs> I was I'm, I'm just trying I'm just trying to yeah nasty married uh, folk gross that's so. <laughs> <laughs> how we all got here Jesus <laughs> no so uh, like the the to I guess equate or not equate to relate uh to that the the best sort of education that i ever experienced and i can't speak to y'all's experience um in in school about this but it was sort of treated as still this uh like thing where abstinence is the best policy and that's like a I mean, obviously, if you like you were saying, Josh and and Mel, if you if you tell someone that the best way to do something is not to do it, they're just gonna want to do it more. So, like, even even in the education system, like there are examples of of that sort of of sort of suppression of uh, information in favor of making it something so taboo that you just couldn't you shouldn't even in you shouldn't even try and talk about it outside of what you are taught which is very little nowadays exactly because right. if you look at other countries where they're more open about it and they you know they teach their kids it's not an issue like especially like teenage pregnancy there's not an issue over in those countries they don't have that problem it's like i i guarantee you, you tell kids mm-hmm. the truth about it they will probably want to do it a whole lot less. Yeah, and I, another problem mm-hmm. is the double standard where, um, and I'm speaking from my own experience, growing up, we I was never given the talk. I was just told, save yourself for marriage because my biological father said verbatim, if you have sex before marriage, no man will ever want you because no self-respecting man would not want a used woman but if my brothers had sex, then it's like, high five, you're a man now. So I think that's a major problem in the community that if a boy does it. That is 100% true. Yeah. So. Mike, you look like you got, you burning up right now. You look like you got something. <laughs> nah, I, I just, see him shaking his head. I'm just like, wow. I just, once again, this is the, the, the patriarchy that we, that we live in, man. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Melanie. Like I, I'm just listening to you cause I'm learning I'm taking this in. Um, I guess a question would be um, for you, Melanie, is how do you think, and, and Jordan, I don't mean to redirect. The nah, bro, go ahead. This, steer, this, steer dialogue, this dialogue is doing very, is actually doing really, really good. So go ahead, brother. Okay. Um, Melanie, my question would, for you would be uh, as a man, um, with a daughter, how, how do you think would be a uh, uh, best way to to go about approaching that that subject with your daughter? Um, honestly, the only thing you can do is yourself for marriage, or you had or you did this with a boy that you genuinely had deep feelings for i can honestly say do not make her feel like she did something horrible shameful i don't make her feel like she should be ashamed of what she did because then Mm. what that's gonna do is make her feel like then i can't talk to my father i have to keep secrets and then Mm. she's gonna find herself in a situation where she's like i cannot communicate because I have to keep this a secret. So Mm. never make your daughter feel like she should be ashamed of what she did. Just give her that positive reinforcement. Like I'm going to love you regardless because, and and we had a talk conversation about this, that a girl's first love is her father. Mm. And when you make her feel like whatever she does is going to be met with negative repercussions, it's, she's not going to come to you. And then you're going to be thinking like, well, why can't she come to me? And it's because you made her feel like she should be ashamed mm-hmm. of her mm-hmm. actions. That's, that's so big what you just said, because I think you're right. 
um, like like Josh alluded to earlier, like we don't have those conversations, and when we do, they're very sparse, and they come from a a, the, a root of of a fear tactic instead of sex is good, sex is great. Like we we should we should highlight that those positive attributes of it instead of the fear and the and the and the and the phobia of and and um um projecting that on our on our um on our children like hey if you if you if you do this just be careful because you can have a have a child and you can catch an std and stuff and although those things are possible it's like what what we're actually doing is diminishing the goodness about sex <laughs> and, and 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 how great it is and so all that's the what married folk all the married folk have this conversation yeah yeah over here. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like you want me to leave my podcast <laughs> like i could do that. <laughs> but, uh, i'm saying in general whether you're single or not like i think it's important that we i'm a we, good noodle i can't <laughs> i'm a good noodle i can't I, I don't know i think she made a good point like like i get like, no i get what y'all saying always talked about in a shameful manner like well that's know? because we that's because especially in our community we were more of Focus on trying to stay alive, not live. Does that make a sense? Does that make any sense? Yeah, that, that that really does. I had that conversation with Ben. Ben, we were up until like three o'clock in the morning the other day. I was we was just talking. Break, I was break like, break that down. Break that down. Um, 